Equipment and Monitor, Section 510 of 13, Wolf-Parkinson-White Syndrome. WPW is the most common pre-excitation syndrome. Its defining feature consists of an accessory conduction pathway or the Kent's bundle that bypasses the AV node. The accessory pathway forms a direct line of communication between the atrium and the ventricle. In the normal conduction pathway, the cardiac impulse is delayed at the AV node. Said another way, the AV node has a long refractory period. In the accessory pathway, there is no delay, so the impulse quickly moves from the atrium to the ventricle. There is no gatekeeper function. What Wolf-Parkinson-White syndrome looks like? The WPW is usually diagnosed with a routine EKG or during the workup for a history of tachyarrhythmias. Common characteristics observed on the EKG include Delta wave caused by ventricular pre-excitation, short PR interval less than 0.12 seconds, wide QRS complex, possible T wave inversion. You may be wondering about the origin of the delta wave. After the SA node depolarizes, the electrical impulse travels through the AV node and the accessory pathway at the same time. The accessory pathway does not delay the impulse. Therefore, this impulse arrives at the ventricular at the ventricle early, which causes the characteristic delta wave on the EKG. When the impulse that was delayed at the AV node catches up, you will see the rest of the QRS complex, AV nodal re-entry, tachycardia, and WPW. AV nodal re-entry tachycardia is the most common tachydysrhythmias associated with WPW. It can be classified as orthodromic or antidromic. Orthodromic AV nodal re-entry and antidromic AV nodal re-entry. So incidents uh, more common, 90% of cases is the orthodromic. Less common, 10% of cases is the antidromic. Re-entry conduction pathway in the orthodromic is atrium, AV node, ventricle, accessory pathway, then atrium. For the antidromic is atrium, accessory pathway, ventricle, AV node, atrium. QRS morphology, so orthodromic is narrow, ventricular depolarization occurs normally via the His-Purkinje system. For the antidromic, it's wide. The ventricular depolarization is slower since the His-Purkinje system is bypassed. Treatment for orthodromic, block conduction at the AV node pathway, increase AV node refractory period like vagal maneuvers, amiodarone, adenosine, beta blockers, verapamil cardioversion. Treatment for antidromic includes block conduction at the accessory pathway, increase accessory pathway refractory period, procainamide, amiodarone, um, cardioversion. Do not give agents that increase the refractory period of the AV node. Doing so will favor conduction through the accessory pathway. Of the two types of AV nodal re-entry tachycardia or tachycardia, antidromic is more dangerous. This is because the gatekeeper function of the AV node is bypassed and the heart rate can increase well beyond the heart's pumping ability. It dramatically reduces filling time. Here is where things get tricky. If you give an AV nodal blocking drug to a patient with antidromic AVNRT, then you will force conduction along the accessory pathway. This can induce ventricular fibrillation. Therefore, you must avoid drugs that block conduction through the AV node. Drugs to avoid with antidromic AVNRT include adenosine, digoxin, calcium channel blocker, beta blocker, lidocaine. Amiodarone or cardioversion are safe options for orthodromic and antidromic.
atrial fibrillation and WPW because there is no delay in the accessory pathways. A rapid atrial rate can be conducted to the ventricle in a one-to-one -one ratio. During AFib, the atria can depolarize up to 300 times per minute. The combination of AFib and WPW can precipitate CHF ventricular fibrillation and death. Procainamide is the treatment of choice because it increases the refractory period in the accessory pathway. If the patient is hemodynamically unstable, then cardioversion is the best option. Avoid drugs that increase the refractory period of the AV node. Radiofrequency ablation. Definitive treatments for WPW is ablation of the accessory pathway. Radiofrequency ablation of pathways involving the left atrium imposes a risk of thermal injury to the left atrium and esophagus. For this reason, you must closely monitor an esophageal temperature during this procedure. If the temperature rises during periods of ablation, you must inform the cardiologist immediately.